0: Hey everyone and welcome back to the Pisgah Podcast. Again, we are your host Drew
1: Ann Mangler and we're coming to you live from the amphitheater at Stair Creek.
0: Too bad there isn't like a caveman TV here to watch from the caveman couch that's under there. I know it's a bummer, right? So Drew, this past week we got, well I got a lot of snow, it looks like all the snow melted at your house. Yeah it's gone. Did you get a chance to even in it or is it just like snow melted by noon?
1: It melted by noon and I expected that and I'm just not a snow fan anyhow so I didn't care.
0: Yeah by the time your snow melted I was like a quarter of the way done shoveling my driveway.
1: That's a big driveway too, I mine's less than a car's length and I'm out of the driveway, so it's just not that big of a problem for me.
0: With all the snow, it definitely wreaks havoc on potential mountain bike plans in our area. What are some of your favorite go-to spots that are a drive away but aren't that far away?
1: Well, I have two that I kind of go to automatically, and it really just depends on the weather pattern. But, you know, it's super easy to get to Knoxville, Tennessee from here. It's hit or miss whether they get the same weather as us, because the stuff that sticks around here usually comes up from the south. But uh, it's close by. The weather's usually... 10 to 15 degrees warmer there and i think that with the urban wilderness trails and things like that that they have there i think the maintenance is uh, a little bit higher so things are ready to go a little bit quicker but the other place Mm -hmm. it's kind of quick to go to is uh just going down to paris mountain in south carolina it's pretty close by
0: yeah paris mountain is a really rad spot but just note mountain bikes are not allowed on saturdays yeah i've had to turn around there's some other zones down there that are pretty fun you know like Sometimes just doing the swamp rabbit greenway trail from like Traveler's Rest into Greenville is not bad.
1: No, it's not bad at all. And it's it's also a really good recreational ride if you're just trying to get out and get moving. And it's kind of fun to ride into Greenville from Traveler's Rest, go to the zoo, and uh there's a lot of places that are easy to hit along the along the way.
0: I totally agree with you on the urban wilderness. Not to mention they do have that really sick asphalt jump line and plus size pump track i would call it so weather isn't really a factor with that stuff as long as it's not covered in snow
1: yeah for sure i like it a lot
0: if we're going to reach out a little bit further you know some of the north georgia stuff is really good from what i've heard unfortunately georgia's not been a state i've ridden my bike in very often it's usually like uh, a fly-through state because usually I'm making my way to either Florida or Alabama to go ride Coldwater or Oak Mountain State Park.
1: Yeah, those are good spots as well, and and they're kind of Southeast classics. Uh, One thing that I will say about Georgia is the stuff uh, that's in the tri-states area is super accessible. It's really easy to get to, but not if you're just on I-85 and you're heading south.
0: What about Florida? Do you have any go-to Florida spots?
1: Well, there's obviously Santos. That's the... The classic one right but uh you know i've been hearing really good things about alifaya i haven't got to check that one out yet but it's definitely going to be on the list and i think maybe even here towards the end of january
0: yeah Alafia, i can confirm is really fun it's got a good directional pattern to all of the i'm gonna call them advanced trails there with some really cool little offshoots some like alt lines they're Is a trail there called, like, Buzzard's Roost, I believe. As tempting as it it may look, I would avoid that trail. Basically, it's called Buzzard's Roost for a reason because hundreds of buzzards roost in that zone, and shit just rains down from them, and it has, like, this ammonia smell that just, like, melts your nose hair. (laughs) So, So avoid Buzzard's Roost Trail at Alifaya.
1: That sounds terrible. I'll definitely avoid that one.
0: Another spot to mention really close to Alafia, is Bomboyette. And I believe it's referred to as a nature preserve. And nature preserve, it is. Tons of crazy animals there. I mean, you're going to see alligators. You're going to see deer. You're going to see giant turtles. Lots of different birds. Probably some buzzards. Armadillos. Like, just lots of cool nature at Bomboyette. And uh, at Alafaya the two times that Jessica and I have been there, we always see this fairly sized tortoise in, like, the same zone. So it's cool to see that guy hanging
1: out. Hmm. That's neat. So uh, Bomboyette, where, what uh, what town or what city is that nearest by?
0: So Alifaya and Bomboyette are like southeast of Tampa, by like 45 minutes to an hour, depending on where you're at in Tampa. So I, I consider that like a Tampa zone trail network. Okay. And then uh, Santos is about an hour and a half north of Tampa. But yeah, Bomboyette is a little more chill than Alafia. Has more nature, but then Alifaya is really cool trails. Lots of techie up and down stuff. Originally, Alafia was a mine, like an above ground mine, and mm-hmm. water filled in where they dug in to a lot of places. And so there's like these giant hills, and they have basically carved out trails around all these giant mounds. Really awesome trails there. Uh, some really fun jumpy stuff. Very creative and good use of the landscape.
1: Yeah, that sounds great. That's something I need to check out. And I, I'm i coming up due for, for getting out of town and riding something here pretty soon. And I'm thinking, I'm eyeing up the end of the month.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a reason we get so much Florida traffic up here in the summer is because it's not that far. You know, you can be in Florida and easily a day's drive. You know, we have all the Floridians come up here in the summer. Why don't we go visit their state in the wintertime?
1: time? Ten four. yeah. Absolutely agree with that. Our
0: featured guest this week, Juan Pablo Raba, he spent some time living in the Miami area and he speaks highly of Virginia Key and there's some other really good trail spots down in the Miami area. So, you know, Florida's a treasure trove of mountain bike trails and they will whip you into shape, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of strange because we always think of Florida as a pretty flat place. And maybe even a place with bad weather. And it's just not the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of mountain biking. However, I've done a lot of endurance races in western North Carolina over the past 15 years. And almost every year, people from Florida, from the Tampa and the Miami area, St. Pete area, show up and put on a show. There's some, some good-fit people with a very big passion for riding down there. And, you know, you can't discount the fact that they add a lot to the tourism in this area. If you pull into the hub on any given Saturday, you know, maybe not during COVID times, but uh, you'll see a lot of Florida tags in, in, in the
0: parking lot there. Yeah, I mean, Florida shows up in Western North Carolina, that's for sure.
1: Well, well speaking of Juan Pablo and... uh coming from uh, spending a lot of time in the Miami area, has he spent much time here in Pisgah, done much writing here?
0: So, a couple of years ago, me and Daniel Sapp took two Colombians on a pretty awesome Pisgah ride. They were blown away by it, and, of course, they probably went home and told their friends. Well, about a year or so later, Daniel gets a text from our friend down in Colombia, and he's like, hey, a buddy of mine's coming to town. Can you can you show him a, a good time? And of course, yeah, that's what we do. So basically through showing some random dudes through the woods, we got linked up with Juan Pablo. And kind of the rest is history.
2: My name is Juan Pablo Rava, and I was born in Bogota, Colombia, 48. 40- 43 years ago, but next week is going to be 44 I've lived all over the place. My dad was from Argentina So I've lived in Argentina. I was raised in Spain. Actually, I lived in Colombia, uh, Venezuela I've lived in Miami, North Carolina Los Angeles and uh, Vancouver British Columbia yes. And the way I, I ran into mountain biking was because um, I was looking for something to do other than CrossFit I was getting really hurt doing CrossFit. I liked the intensity of it. I liked, you know, the group feeling of of CrossFit. It was kind of cool, but I started doing CrossFit when it just arrived to Columbia. So basically in the inception days and back in those days, there there was no really like formal training, right? So you had this new strange sport that combined a lot of athletic um, abilities, but especially it it involved a lot of very technical heavyweight lifting, right? And the truth is, you know, we were just, we got there and we smashed the, the workouts for time and everybody was getting hurt, man.
0: Oh, yeah. Tearing muscles and stuff.
2: It was terrible, dude. My lower back was suffering. And the third time I got hurt, you know, my best friend, Richie, who, you know, the, uh, my yep. best friend who's an architect, he told me like, dude, just just stop going to this place, you know, where all the bunch of green girls are just screaming at you permanently. And just and just come and come and come and do some outdoor sports. Come bike with me. I'm like, bike? What are you talking about? What do you mean bike? He was like, Yeah, we have a couple mountain bikes and we and we bike. I'm like, okay, well, that that was not appealing at all. You know, I was I was hurt and I was like, I'll try, I'll try something. I couldn't just stay home doing any, doing nothing. So I started going out with him. You know, he'll lend me a bike. So I kind of liked it, you know, and, and funny enough, the first thing I really fell in love with was the climb. Oh, interesting. I liked the idea of climbing. It became a challenge, you know, and after doing it three, four times, then my wife told me one day, she was like, like, I don't know if you've noticed, but every time you go biking and you come back, you're like, chill. It's like you're, there's, there's this Zen version of you after you come biking and I started kind of analyzing this and I realized that, yeah, it made sense, right? It was not only the exercise, it was not only the fresh air, it was also but what then I I discovered and I called the bike therapy, which was just, you know, you would just hang out with your buddies, talking about your wives, talking about your, your problems, talking about, you know, so it became a therapy, right? So that finally took me into getting my first bike. And of course, the biking for us was just, a bunch of gravel roads where we climbed as fast as we could and we went down through the same fire road trying to not kill ourselves. <laughs> we we're yeah. try we're talking. we're talking about very, very low quality bikes.
0: On steep, sketchy gravel.
2: <laughs> On steep, sketchy gravel. So it was it was it was a thing. But that that's how it started.
0: You grew up in Spain and then you end up back in Bogota?
2: I grew up in Spain because my parents when I was uh how old was I? I was six years old. We went to Spain for vacation, and my parents um, decided that we stayed in Spain for a whole year. And during that year, uh, my parents split. So I returned with my mom to Bogota, and my dad stayed in Spain. Okay. My dad remarried, and when I was 10 years old, then I moved again with my dad because I always had a a better relationship with my dad than with my mom. So I ended up going to Spain, and I lived in Spain for 10, 10 full years from 10 to 20. Then I go to Argentina and that takes me back to Colombia. And that's when I start acting.
0: Okay. All right. So that was kind of my next question. It was kind of what came first mountain biking or acting.
2: Acting came a lot, a lot sooner. Mountain biking as, as I'm going to turn 44 and I started mountain biking eight years ago, so I only started mountain biking in 2012. So, and I've been an actor for over 20 years now. So yeah, it was, it came along very, very late in my career.
0: What was your first big break in acting, and how did that happen? The first big
2: break was in soap operas. I was in Colombia and in Venezuela. I mostly did soap operas, right? So my first big break was a soap opera I did in Venezuela. It was called My Sweet Fat Valentina.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that became that became a world success in the soap opera world, right? Of course. It's, yeah. very, it's a very strange, very strange product, but beats the heck out of me I don't know so and then after that I went back to Colombia and then I had another kind of breakthrough in my in my in my hometown in Bo in Colombia which was something called the snitch cartel and the cool thing about the snitch cartel it was the first like narco series produced in the world like before narcos before narcos Mexico before anything anything you can imagine in the world of television and narcotics there was the snitch cartel. Okay. Right. And that opened the door to a new world of productions. And that that kind of is the laying ground for my international kind of breakthrough, which was narcos with Netflix. That became a huge success almost everywhere in the world.
0: What eventually brought you to the
2: States? So I had been thinking about the States for for a while, right? My wife, she's American, she was born in the States, but raised in Colombia. And we decided to have our first uh first son, Joaquin. Uh, to be born in the states in Miami So I was doing a project between Caracas Venezuela and Miami and that's that's when we thought it was it was the time to finally make the move right So we get there to Miami and and it was cool you know and I like it and I've been there a lot but it was not what I wanted I wanted to be in LA I wanted to aspire you know to Hollywood in a, in a, in a, in a, in a sort of way right and the cool thing is that, you know I, I i didn't have to come to la i actually come to la after Narcos and after the 33 because that's what came first right even i did marvel agents of shield and i still wasn't living in la so you know it, the whole idea of casting uh, through distance kind of started becoming popular so all these all these shows and movies they came before even coming to la but that's how i uh, that's how i got to the states after after miami we go to north carolina for a show called six and that's where I, that's where i meet you guys
0: uh we first met while you were working on the first season of six and yep. that was a history channel show about SEAL team six yeah for some reason when we first met i don't know why but i thought you were crew and you mentioned what show you're working on and the sound mixer who i know mike Rael, and i texted him i was like yo i'm riding bikes with your dude juan pablo today and he says to me um it's like oh man i, I just that guy's laugh just sounds so good and to some people that might sound kind of weird, but as a sound recordist, you know, <laughs> you appreciate things like that. And I'm like, wait a minute, why is why is Mike complimenting Juan Pablo's laugh? And then you followed me on Instagram, and I see you have like half a million, you know, like Colombian women following you from your soap opera days, I guess. And then it made sense. I was like, oh, okay, this guy is, he's cast, not crew.
2: Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> It's because I, I act like a crew member.
0: Yeah, you kind of do. You, you definitely <laughs> give off a good vibe like that. <laughs> so I think we had like two or three days riding up here in western North Carolina when we first linked up. Yeah. You've ridden a lot of trails since then in a lot of different places. You know, was there anything you can remember that stood out from our rides?
2: Oh, man, it's, it's one of – I still remember it as one of the most beautiful rides. That first climb, you know, when when uh, when we did that big descent, um, yeah. that rocky section, it's just yep. – you know what? What stands out? So much different terrain.
0: Yeah, you can kind of hit some different terrain. Right, we like had all these a- kind of
2: rocky, rocky, rocky sections in the top. Then you start kind of going into the flowy sections, you know. But we also hit some roots that you can feel like you were in, in BC. I remember yep. this kind of rooty kind of kind of section, and then you have this tacky berms in the bottom section of the trail. I was like, wow, it's like. Like riding all seasons in just one trail, it was really cool.
0: Yeah, we, we did a big ride that day. We did like Laurel to Pilot to Avery to Black, I believe. I think that's what we did. So yeah, you got a good taste of a bunch of different zones there in that ride.
2: Yeah. Also, you know, I was I was not the most experienced mountain biker at that moment. I was still I still hadn't ridden that much diverse terrain. So it all came a little bit as a surprise to me.
0: You were mostly riding in like Wilmington and you'd ridden some stuff in like South Florida, right?
2: I, I, yeah, I was riding, basically I was riding, you know, I started riding enduro in Durham, Venezuela. So right before I moved to Miami, that's that's when I came across like 27 and a half um, wheel size, you know. And I had my first like real enduro-ish kind of bike, which was the Bronson, right? Yep. And that was a big game changer because my first real bike was a two. 2012 Stump Jumper, the alloy Stump Jumper, which when you look back, it's a good bike, but the Geo sucks, right? The yeah, Geo definitely is just,
0: compared to now.
2: Exactly. It's like, not, it's not slack at all. You, It's like, it's it's just a regular trail bike, you know, for riding what was considered back in 2012 trail, right? Like, trail trail bikes now are super aggressive compared to those bikes. So anyway, I, I had started riding, you know, some things in Venezuela and stuff and... And then I rode like an EWS in Trestle Park in Colorado, but I was, I was still getting the hang of it. You know, I just did it because what the heck, but I was really, really just still understanding riding. So when Mm -hmm. I rode with you guys, it was like a big, like, whoa, okay. I I, I cannot fall here and break my butt because I have to go (laughs) back to work, but it was definitely challenging terrain for me at that point.
0: Yeah, I mean, you were a very ripping and confident mountain biker at that time. So that was during season one of six. Well, yeah. then season two of six pops off and they moved your ass to Vancouver, the yes. mecca of mountain biking, dude. Come on. Yeah, you know, In my eyes, it's like the perfect scenario of like a work-life balance, you know, and you live just like a few kilometers from Frome. I live so, right there. I live right yeah. there.
2: I live in Capilano River. I would literally drop my kid off school and go right Mount Frome. I mean, it was, it was
0: a dream. Yeah. So, how did that change mountain biking for you?
2: Well, it was uh, it was pretty simple. The first time I visit, uh, I visit Steed Cycles, which is like a uh, uh, very well known bike shop there. You know, they tell me like, "Hey, just be careful. Just be careful out there." But, and uh, and I'm like, "Why?" Like, well, because you're gonna find a lot of things and a lot of riding conditions that are very unique to this place of the world. So just be careful. And we're just gonna tell you something. You know. B.C. will make a better rider of you.
0: hundred percent, yes.
2: And then I, I, I started seeing what, what they were talking about. All this humidity, all these ruts, all these obstacles, all these man-made obstacles too, right? Yeah. It's, it's paradise, man. It's, it's, it's like huge Disneyland for mountain biking. But it takes a while, you know, to actually feel confident because it's it's a lot. You know, the first times you actually go through those trails, it's a lot.
0: And then you move back to L.A., so again you position your living zone like right beside a good trail spot how did that work out
2: every time we move i just the first thing i go is trail forks and i check where the trail system is and i try (laughs) and i try to be as close to the trailhead as i can you know if it's if it if i can do it if it's a good spot if if you know, I, I like my wife likes the ocean. So we also try to be close to the ocean. So I try to make it work, but I definitely try to move as close to the trails as possible because that saves me a lot of commute time.
0: Yeah. And that, that's important, especially living in LA where it can take an hour to get halfway across town.
2: Yeah. But not, not only that, Michael, it's like having two kids, right? Like I, I can't yeah. just like my bike rides cannot be four hours per day. Like, I have to keep them short and sweet, bro.
0: I saw your Instagram story this morning, and you were dawn patrolling it.
2: I, I always try to dawn patrol as much as possible, you know, but there's not too many dawn patrols out there, right? <laughs> like, but for me, I love to see the sun rise up when I'm on my bike. That's a great way to start the day.
0: That is a good kickstart to the day, for sure. Some people Absolutely. say coffee, but I think climbing to an epic viewpoint and watching the sunrise Definitely beats coffee any day.
2: I feel so energetic after doing that. Even if I slept only a couple hours, if I do that, I have the best day ever. Like today, I was about to bail out. I had a ter- I had a bad night. I just woke up like at 2 a.m. I couldn't go back to bed. And then at 5:30, you know, the, the the clock goes off, and I'm like, should I cancel? I'm like, hell no. Just get out there, dude. You're gonna feel terrible if you cancel. You're gonna have zero energy. And you know how this is, you know, as good as it is, it also become, you become a little bit addicted to it and your body starts asking for it. And when you don't give it to it, 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 it just makes you feel
0: bad. You mentioned your wife, Monica, and you guys are busy parents. And I love seeing you guys sharing your social media content and doing awesome stuff with the kids. How's that balance going with everything right now?
2: It's, it's gotten very intense, you know, it's like people without kids, they've had a lot of time in their hands. For the good and for the bad. Some people have done amazing things. Some people have got very very depressed, very, very sad, right? It's like for us, there's no time for one or the other. We're full on, you know, with the kids, especially having our kid now at home every day with the homeschooling. Now it's a complete different game. And we have Jojo, which is two years old and needs attention 24-7. So yep. it's been busy, but there's always a silver lining, right? Like, hey, I can say I have not missed one single day of my girl's life. Not one single day.
0: And that's awesome to say.
2: Yep, that's right.
0: Seems like you've started getting some good connections after that Columbia stop of the EWS where I saw some footage of, you know, Jared Graves being real psyched to meet you, you know, since he was a big Narcos fan. And, you know, you start getting some pretty rad hookups with, you know, like YT, DVO Suspension, and most recently, Crank Brothers, you know. So how's that been going?
2: That's been, that's been great. I mean, I'm I'm not going to lie.
0: There's two two aspects about this that I really, really
2: like. First of all, you know, there's there's the, the of course the economic part, right? Like I have two kids and I just can't buy all the stuff that I maybe I I would want to to have on my bike, right? So this gives me the opportunity of having my bikes with the components that I like. And I just love it. I love YT. I love the people in YT. I love DVO. I love Crank Brothers. So the cool thing is also, and this is a second, the second good thing is I've made friends with these people. Especially because it's it's really not a commercial relationship, you know. I don't get paid to ride YT, but you know we met, we talk, and they say, hey, we would love for you to ride YT bikes. I'm like, yeah, I like YT bikes, like brim, right? And of course, one connections one connection takes me to the other, and then I became really good friends. Well, the first really big connection was with Gaspare from uh, Crank Brothers, and that's how I met Marcus from YT. So now we're friends, and that's a cool thing, like. We're friends. We're writers. We write together. We talk about life, you know, and we've become friends. And that is that is what I value the most. And it's great because we don't have any kind of commercial contract. So I'll just post stuff, you know, whenever whenever I feel like it. And 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 I don't have to lie about it because I like it. I like DVO and I love Crank Brothers and I love YT. I, I like it. I like what they do.
0: How do your followers react to that? Because you've definitely been building more of a mountain biking following on your social <laughs> media, but you still have got a lot of the the soap opera following too. So how does that balance out?
2: (laughs) It's weird. It's weird. You know, like most of them are still like, why do you do that? Why do you put your life at risk? Like you're going to (laughs) die. And of course there's, there's the mountain bike following, which that just feel it's, it's really cool. What I feel about this is, is as a mountain biker, I think it's also cool to see content out there of, you know, what I call the, a bit above average rider. to be honest, like, 95% of people ride like me, right? Then you have the other 5% that just shred and just are crazy amazing riders like, you know, like like yourself. And oh, come the, on. And I mean, dude, you you rip, you know it. Don't don't, don't downplay it. Okay, but you know, I think it's also cool to see that kind of content, you know, that where, where you're like, oh, OK, this guy, you know, he's he's just riding as fast as he can, but he's not going to jump that triple. I know I'm not going to I'm not going to backflip. <laughs> <laughs> but most of the guys riding out there, they're my age now. They're guys in their 40s. You know, they're probably they have an economic position now that allows them to have a good bike. Right. So I think it's it's cool. And I think that's kind of the that's kind of my audience is is that, of course, you know, like. None of the pros are going to look at my content like, oh, wow, did you see the latest video that Juan Pablo put up? <laughs> like, it must be laughing, like, why is this guy going so slow? <laughs> but I've also become friends with some of them, right? Because they like Narcos and they just think it's dope to have an, an actor share their passion because I do love mountain biking. I love mountain You know it. You know how much I love it. I love the trails. I love the mountain. And that it's become a very important part of my life.
0: It was interesting. When I was up at Crankworks. I believe it was last year, I was... Hanging out with Curtis Keene a little bit, and he was like, "Dude, that Juan Pablo dude, he is on another level." I was like, "I know, man, I know." <laughs> so dude. you still impress the pros. So don't act like you don't.
2: No, 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 no. Those guys, those guys are are very, very nice to me. And when they when we ride together, they always make sure that they ride us at a, at, a, at a speed where nobody's gonna get sued. You know. <laughs> <laughs> You know that the mountain bike community, we're part of something really special. It's a good group of people, man. The competition is completely different than when you see like the, the roadies or something. It's just, a, it's, a, it's a different sport, right? We're, we're I think we're, we're just about something completely different. And competition is more a thing that you do with, with with you, you know, you want to jump that double, maybe someday you'll get it, but it's not, hey, you know, hey, buddy, I can do it better than you. Like I've never had that on a trail.
0: There to session, have fun because yeah. that's what that's why most of us do that. It's because we're just trying to have fun. Exactly. Obviously, mountain biking has a lot of risk and reward. Mm-hmm. So, how do you approach your riding when you're uh, coming up to a production, beginning a new show, or like during a show? Like, how does your mind work with that?
2: It's always di- it's always different. You you know that it's very hard to just say, "Oh, I'm going to ride slow today," because You make a lot of mistakes when you ride below your average speed so i've come to this sweet sweet spot where i where i think i know what my point is where i can ride fast enough that it feels fast but it feels safe like after eight full years almost nine years of mountain biking i can i can i can say right now that i i think i've i've learned that what is a safe speed for me of course shit can happen and things can go wrong in a second right but i feel confident that that when i'm shooting i am riding at a speed that feels very very safe also the bikes and the components are so good nowadays that you just feel so much safer on a bike like most people will say oh my god you're crazy and you know when you're on a bike, you're like, no, man, that was pretty, pretty damn safe.
0: <laughs> yeah, like this bike will run over curbs and giant rocks, then I'll be it's fine. Like,
2: it's like, no problem, it's made for that.
0: But I also have the same mindset, you know, because like we work in the same ministry, although we don't do the same things. If my arm don't work, I can't work. Yeah. So totally. I have the same mindset. And I, it's like, you're still going to ride at the same level, but maybe you're not going to do that hard technical rock move on this go. Or you're not going to yank for that extended long double on this run or something, but you're still going to like ride at your normal capacity.
2: Absolutely. And and I think it's always a little bit above average because you know, it's a, it's a sport that involves a lot of, of self-improvement. So you, I think you always have to ride, you know, to that point where you feel that you're having fun, you're being safe, but you're pushing a little bit, you know, that also keeps you sharp. Like you can't be that relaxed. You have to be a little bit on the edge, yeah, to t- so 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 you don't get too too chill.
0: Your most recent project just went live on CBS All Access, a show called Coyote. I've only watched the first two episodes so far, and your character has just been introduced. Yeah, I was real excited to see you. I was like,
1: oh, there he is! <laughs> uh,
0: so I'm real interested in seeing the development of your character. You know, I know you've been doing pressers for the show all day, but just kind of sum up the show. Give us a little rundown on, on what's been going on with that.
2: Sure. So Coyote is a, is a story of Ben Clemens, played by Michael Chiklis. You might remember him from The Shield. And he is a, a just retired Border Patrol officer who gets into a lot of trouble with a Mexican uh, cartel that's run by me. Basically, now he has to do what he has been all his life fighting against. And it's basically smuggling people through the border, right? And by doing that he becomes a more humane version of himself because he starts humanizing the conflict and he starts putting a name and a face, you know, to these migrants and he starts understanding that some people just don't have a choice, right? Now, on the other hand, you have my character that I start using him for my commercial purposes, but you're gonna see this guy and he's the head of a cartel, but he's the complete opposite of what you think a cartel guy could be. He's well-educated, he studied in the States, He speaks English and he has manners and he's a, he's a very, very sophisticated guy. So these two worlds come into, into, into collision and what starts happening is very interesting because they're, they start like, like behaving like magnets. There's this sort of attraction and repulsion to them permanently. And they have to both start, you know, um, uh, cohabiting this new reality that they have created.
0: Everything you said about your character is like things i picked up on in the, like, those first minutes of you being introduced on screen <laughs> and that show kind of got shut down early due to COVID.
2: Yeah, it was, it was, it was devastating dude. Cause it's like when you, when you're off for a big ride and something happens with your bike and you have to return and you're just heartbroken. So it's kind of the same. It's like not finishing the ride, right? So we were set up for 10 episodes and we could only shoot six and a half. You know, we got sent home. We were about to finish episode seven. We couldn't do that. We thought it was going to be a short hiatus. And then, you know, one year later, we're we're in this. So now we just premiere the show with what we had with the six episodes, which is great because otherwise it would have thrown them in the garbage. But now we don't know if we're going to get picked up for another season. You know, it's just this new reality and everybody adjusting to it.
0: And you guys were shooting in like Mexico, like Tijuana, California, Arizona border area? It was it was only
2: shot in Mexico, in Tijuana, Ensenada, uh, the, the Valley of Guadalupe, which is wine country. And you, Mr. Traveler, you have to take your van down there because it's beautiful.
0: I've skimmed through those areas a little bit more like towards Yuma, Arizona. I've been in uh-huh. Mexico there. Uh-huh. That was mostly for a dental visit. Yeah, you told me. <laughs> I've ridden some of the San Diego stuff, but I've not crossed the border on that zone. So I definitely have to check it out. What have been some of the shows that have allowed you to have the most good mountain biking spots?
2: Well, you can't, you can't, it doesn't get better than six, okay, right? Yeah. North Vancouver. But I will tell you when I was shooting a film uh, called the 33 in the desert down in Copiapo in Chile, I took my bike and I'll tell you this, it is not the mes- the best mountain biking at all. But I was able to ride my bike in places that nobody had ever ridden a bike before.
0: That's awesome. So that was really
2: cool. Another cool thing that happened is I met one of the local mountain bikers there. He was was just used to riding like on on the dirt trails, but he was never going up the mountains. And I took him to the mountains for the first time. And now, and he became so obsessed with the whole idea that now he organizes one of the biggest races in, in South America in mountain bike endurance that's called Pedalea Atacama which is in the Atacama Desert. And it's this guy, just because we started riding and he got so so passionate about it that now he started his own race, it's great.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. It, it's cool to hear about sports professionals, TV stars, movie stars, people like yourself being psyched on mountain biking. Have you been able to introduce mountain biking to other fellow uh, cast members?
2: You know, I've tried. I've ridden bikes with Nikolai Kostar-Valdao from Game of Thrones. Okay, he's a, he's a mountain biker too. I have a couple mount a couple actors in the spot. You know that I've that I'm I'm I'm, I'm trying to to make some some boy dates with them. But yeah. it, of course, with COVID, it, it hasn't been possible. But there's there's not many of us. You know, people people get scared. You know, just because of the visual of it looks so dangerous, but once you get them on the bike, they feel a lot more comfortable. But I did take my buddy Wagner Mora from Narcos on an e-bike ride, and he was so stoked. He was nice. so stoked. It was really
0: cool. It's weird. Like A lot of the guys in NASCAR are huge bike riders, but... Due to circumstances, you know, either their team managers and stuff don't like them mountain biking, but they'll all go yeah. road ride, which I feel like is even more dangerous.
2: It's it's a lot more dangerous. They think it's not, but it's, you know, who's a, you know, who's a good mountain biker? Juan Pablo Montoya.
0: Yeah, he is. Yep. Yeah. I've ridden bikes with him. Yep. Yeah. You probably rode with him in Miami area. I've right? never,
2: I've never ridden with him actually, but we have a, a bunch of, of, uh, of buddies uh, in common and they've, they've all
0: told me that he's fast. What's your bike riding life been like with the COVID scenario going on?
2: I've been able to ride a lot. Actually, I feel I'm, I'm back in shape. I did have a big crash uh, the beginning of last year. I fell in Mount Wilson and I opened my shin. I needed 15 stitches in my shin. It was not such a big deal, but it took a lot of time to heal because you don't have that much skin on the shin. So yeah. I needed like three rounds of antibiotics. And funny enough, it's like after that, and well, and after that, I had a double knee surgery. And that was right when I was like in my peak riding and confidence and shape. And now I feel like I'm slowly getting back into, you know, the confidence zone, but it's taking a while, man. I, I didn't think it was going to take so long and it does take a, lo- a while after an accident.
0: I've heard like if you go two weeks off your bike, you lose like majority of your fitness just off the bat from that. Oh yeah. I've heard that, it, that
2: every two weeks that you lose, you need like two months to, to get back on it. Like just the fitness. So what are some of your favorite spots to ride in the LA area? I've been very surprised by how many good spots we have here in LA. I would say Mount Wilson is my favorite just because it's, it's such a big ride. You know, it's such a long downhill. The other day I I went up there and there was snow. So we even started the ride, you know, with 20 minutes of straight snow. That was, that was surreal. Like you're in LA, like after, after that, I went to the ocean. I was like, wow. so that's surreal. I would say that. And there's a trail I really love. It's called suicide trail. Uh, it's in a place called Oak Park. I love it because it's fast, but it's also wide enough, you know, that you don't run into trouble with hikers or something. And it's a very good loop. Like Wilson is a one deal, one a one a one deal ride, but 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 uh, Suey you can do two three laps, and you know you kind of session it and have fun. It's really fast. I, I love that one.
0: Do you get up to the Simi Valley stuff much? Yeah, yeah,
2: I do. I do go out to Simi Valley. Actually, I'm, I'm trying to schedule a ride for this week out there at Simi. Uh, those guys work a lot, especially wherever Curtis uh, Curtis is, him and his crew, trails run very, very smooth. Yeah. So the cool thing about it is that now Curtis is working a little bit more on the Calabasas area. But he left a good crew you know, that work a lot on Simi. So Simi is always tip-top shape.
0: Simi is probably one of my favorite spots to ride in the LA area. I love all the cool rocks and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, I know. I I know you're riding and I know you enjoy it.
0: Yeah. So what have been some of your highlights for riding destinations? You've ridden a lot of cool spots, so let's hear it. Well,
2: that trip that you and I did to Guatemala, that was pretty cool. That was dope.
0: That was really awesome. Going into that trip, I like read up on it and you said we were doing like some like XC type of rod, I, I think, is what the the website description was. And I was like, huh. Well, I'm, I'm along for the ride. Juan yeah. Pablo wants to do it, so I'm in. And then we get there, and luckily, you're friends with a couple of those dudes. Yeah. And they're like, no, 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 no. You're not doing. You're not doing that stuff. And they basically told the guides to like, okay, you're going to take them on these trails.
2: That was that was a lot of fun. But also, you know, like I think you can compare. You know, Squamish, you can't compare. Uh, North Vancouver, you just can't. Whistler, you can't. But the whole experience of being there, eating the local food, meeting the locals, I think that's that's what really was worth it.
0: Yeah, Guatemala was a really rad trip. I had a lot of good times on that. For sure. Do you have any new projects coming up? Uh, hopefully Coyote is going to resume.
2: So, yeah, we'll see about Coyote. This Friday, it's um, the 15th. Um, I did a movie with Liam Neeson before COVID called The Marksman, and that also premieres on theaters. So wherever there's movies, people, movie theaters, people going, they can go and see that. So, And I'm guessing it's going to have a short run on the on the theaters, so probably it will be available on iTunes and, and all the platforms pretty soon. But that is it for now. For now, that's 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 what I have.
0: COVID's been taking a toll on the production industry. You know, I went months without working and you're yeah. dealing with the same stuff right now.
2: Exactly, exactly. You know exactly what I'm talking about.
0: What is your current trail bike setup?
2: I'm very lucky, right, to, to ride with with YT. So I have a decoy, which is their e-bike. Yep. I have a copra and I have it like really, really kind of shred version because I have I have the coil and I have um I had a one one eighty in the front. Which now I'm switching to a 170, but the bike I'm really enjoying right now is the Ezo. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, I'm having so much fun on that bike. The climbing is just unbelievable. It's a climbing machine. And then yeah. on the way down, it behaves so well. Like all the things that I used to ride with the Capra, I'm riding on the Ezo. And hey, some parts I have to ride a little slower and I can't just tackle on the huge rocks, but I find my way around. And I feel super comfortable. So right now I'm riding the Ezo I have um, I have it with a DVO diamond 140 in the front and I okay. still have the, the you know the fox shock that it comes with whatever the 130 yeah. uh, I'm riding it with crank brothers synthesis carbon wheels uh and now I'm riding it with uh, I'm trying out these uh versus new uh mountain back tires that uh they're 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 making them here in North California I am riding it with sram brakes which I don't like I love the guys oh. from sram but I just don't like sram brakes so now I'm getting my XTs because I just
0: I don't know. You going it. with XTs or you're going to put Saints on there?
2: No, I'm going to put XTs on on that one. It's a light bike. I have Saints on the Capra and the Decoy, but I think this one will be fine with the XTs.
0: I've got codes on my is a.
2: Yeah, but you're a squishy guy. You like your yeah. you like your brakes squishy, buddy. I like my brakes to break actually.
0: <laughs> it's, it's modulation, my Pablo. I like modulation.
2: Yeah. Whatever. you squishy. you squishy guy. Whatever you, whatever you say, bro. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, how can people follow along with your interesting life? I don't know if it's interesting or not. It's just what it is. (laughs) So, but, but you can, you can
2: always, you know, take a little stroll through my social media on my Instagram. And I always, you know, post whatever I'm doing work wise and whatever I'm doing, like family wise and, and job wise and, and, and riding bikes wise you can hit me up if you want to talk about bikes like i will always respond you know to anybody who who wants to talk about bikes a lot more than than people who ask me about acting so i'm there
0: (laughs) awesome we'll put uh we'll put a link to your instagram in the show notes here but uh dude awesome thank you so much for coming on the show it's been great to have you on and great to see your beautiful face sure brother
2: sure brother it's always it's always good to to see my gringo even if it's the digital world
1: Man, that's really good to hear somebody with such a good following with such a passion for mountain biking. I think that's kind of the thing that's missing in mountain bike culture and what we see in mountain bike media is that it's mountain biking by mountain bikers and for mountain bikers. But really every kind of person that you could possibly imagine participates in mountain biking, especially famous actors.
0: And that's what's funny is like he had such a huge passion for mountain biking when I met him and that's kind of what threw me off into thinking that he was a crew member, not a cast member. Cause like usually most cast people that I interact with, especially at his level, you know, you don't really hear much of their personal hobbies or passions. You know, usually it's like just work stuff and then they go away. Having someone at his stature come in to represent mountain biking is really awesome.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, every once in a while we see it like uh, I believe we've seen uh, Tim Comerford, the bass player for Rage Against the Machine, is into mountain biking and uh, Reggie Miller from the NBA. uh,
0: Yeah, Reggie Miller shreds it on a
1: double XL. Well, naturally, I don't think anybody in the NBA is going to be riding anything smaller than a regular XL. And uh, famous tennis player John McEnroe. Figured oh, out a way yeah. to take out take out his aggressions on a mountain bike instead of on tennis rackets.
0: Yeah, he was pretty aggro in the courts, wasn't he? Everybody
1: can be a mountain biker, and a, a lot more people are than aren't. So, Mangler, I've got the weather pulled up, the 10-day forecast uh, for the region. And the only thing that's really sticking out to me is uh, Wednesday, Thursday, but maybe Wednesday. And the rest of it's just still not looking so hype.
0: In our area... The weather patterns are just kind of all over the place. You know, Transylvania County is one of the wettest counties in the state. And then you have Buncombe County, where Asheville is, and that's one of the driest counties in the state. So it just kind of really depends on the zone you're in and kind of how the snow fell. But yeah, this weekend looks to have some chilly nights and some thawing middays. But uh, Wednesday, Thursday look good. I'm gonna pin the tail on Thursday
1: for for my ride this week.
0: You know what? We should try to we should try to link that up. Yeah, let's. As always, you can follow us on social media. Just search "History Podcast." And
1: if you've ever binge watched a show on Netflix, then go ahead and hit that subscribe button.
0: I think that's every single person in this world at this point after COVID has binge watched a Netflix show. I'm almost running out of things to watch. Any recommendations. Oh, man. Uh, there's this new CBS show called Coyote. You uh, should watch it.